Okay, okay. Over the first one minute, this fundraising trip to Bolivia hasn't gone quite to plan. Not quite to plan. We're here, stuck in this shack. Entire living police force outside gunning for our blood. Which part has gone to plan exactly? Well, I thought by changing our names to Bush and Sundance and well, we fell at the first hurdle there, didn't we? Who's going to believe it? You're Bush. Well, we've got these cool cowboy hats. You're nuts. Sorry, it's these new shorts. They're riding up. But it's rude to point. <laughs> Sorry. You'll never take us alive, coppers! I don't think they actually want to. Especially after what you did to the police chief's wife. Is he out there? Yeah, he's the one getting that cannon ready. Ooh, that's a big one. That's what his wife said. No, she didn't. No, no, she didn't. How are we going to get out of this? I don't think this shack can take many more holes before it falls down. We could surrender. We've tried that already. Look, they shot holes in our little white flag. Yeah, and they were my best underpants too. Here, take this, coffers! Bloody hell, where did you get that? You know, it's just lying around. Give that here! No, get your own. We could try bribery. What? You mean, take them off? To just, like, go away? Do you think that'll work? Worth a try. But where are we going to find the money to do that? Well, I thought we could ask our listeners for donations. They could go to the website buymeacoffee.com and donate the price of a coffee to the running costs of the website. And in this case, to getting that crazed police chief off our backs. I think you're overestimating our fans. I think they'd rather see us shot. Nobody's going to want to see us dead for the price of a coffee. Don't be ridiculous. People want to see us dead for a lot less than that, believe me. Well, if you don't want to see us dead, you can donate a price of a coffee, about $3, on buymeacoffee.com. Search for Revelation Station. You'll find us on there. Please hurry. Be pinned down. We've not got much longer left. I've got three bullets. That's more than I've got. Two of them have got my name on for some reason. Oh, they're mine. Here you go. I'm never going to stop the rain by complaining Because I'm free Nothing's worrying me hmm, Not sure we're going to find much beef around here. See, told you you'd get the hang of it. What do you mean, anyway? Where else are we going to find beef? On a dairy farm? Well, yeah. Listen, are you, are you sure you mean beef and not fish? Yes! That's it! Fish! We're going fishing for fish! Okay. Why? So I can cook it, or we can serve it in our pub, and we'll become famous for food. Well, I mean, we'll probably be famous for our food anyway after what you did to the presenters of MasterChef. What I did? There's no I'm team, young man. Ironically, there was an I in Greg's sick. Well, yes. Anyway, they were fine. We gave them food poisoning. They were taken away in an ambulance. They were fine. It was quite touching, really. As they were loaded into the back of the ambulance, they gave us a little wave. Did you see? I did see, yes. But they weren't using all their fingers to do it, were they? It was a V for victory sign. It really wasn't. Look, anyway, let's not get bogged down with who potentially killed who or ended someone's TV career. Let's just get on with some nice, relaxing fishing. I've hired us a boat for the afternoon, with a captain and everything. He's something of an expert, I'm told, on catching the big ones. Does he have a name? Quint. 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 Why does that name ring a bell? 
know me. Oh, how I earn a living. Wow, nice chalkboard. Did you bring that with you? Ignore him, Mr. Quint. That's exactly why we've chartered you. We want to catch some sardines. I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. Bad fish. Not like going down the pond chasing bluegills or tommy cats. Swallow you whole. Are you sure you're thinking of sardines? About this big? Go on toast. I value my neck a lot more than three bucks, Chief. I'll find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. That sounds reasonable. Reasonable? Seriously? They fit on toast? Look, never mind that. It can't be as dangerous as he says. He's a salty old sea dog who's been out in the sun a bit too long. Salty sea dog? He's bonkers, you mean? Now, is that any way to refer to mental illness in this day and age? I think you'll find the correct term is... Bonkers. Yes, all right. Bonkers. But he was cheap and he's able to take us out straight away. And bring us back? Well, we all end up dead. It's just a question of how and why. Right. Hey, Chief. You try this. Made it myself. Uh, it's a kilt. Can't get a good man these days under 60. Interesting fact. What the hell kind of boat is this? Look, he might be a bit odd, but he knows his stuff. So we just have to put up with this if we want to catch the big fish. With this boat, I think we're more likely to catch a cold. I mean, he hasn't got any nets to catch the fish. Look, this is all about the pub. Making it work. Are you with me? Oh, I'm with you. Doesn't bother me. You're the one wearing the skirt. Chief. Well, we're casting off now, so it's too late anyway. How far out do we have to go? Oh, quite far, I guess. Fish like it deep. Really? Why? It's wetter when it gets deeper. Hmm. I think you might have been in the sun too long as well. So, Mr Quint, how big are these sardines then? One time I got a 16-footer off Montauk. Had to stick two barrels in him. Two to wear him down and bring him up. Man, that must have been one drunk fish. I don't think he means barrels of beer. Well, I've got to admit I don't know much about fishing. But surely if the fish are drunk, that makes them easier to catch. It's already easy. Any fool can do it. Well, you simply take this stick, the rod, the rod, then grab the hook like, ow! Is that supposed to be sticking through your hand? It's just a scratch. Not, uh, not bad at all. Chief, Chief, put your gloves on. You put your gloves on, both of you! There's quite a lot of blood. Shh, anyway, hardly a disaster. I bet you've had worse fishing trips. Hey, Mr. Quint. Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side, Chief. 1,100 men went into the water. Okay, yeah, that was pretty bad. Why were you being hunted by a Japanese submarine? I'm not talking about pleasure boating or day sailing. I'm talking about working for a living. I'm talking about sharking. That doesn't really answer the question. What's this about sharking? Shut up. He was probably overfishing. That's illegal, you know. It'd be illegal if he had that many on a boat this small. It's a health and safety nightmare. I bet he hasn't even got up-to-date risk assessments. So, anyway, sardines. What are you going to do with them if you actually catch them? Well, you know my cooking skills. Something traditional, something unique, something... You're going to put a pineapple on them, aren't you? No, something else. Something, um, Mediterranean with olives and stuff. Stuff, eh? Shall I get the ambulance on speed dial? Just have a little faith with you. Join in the spirit of the adventure. Seize the day! Live, laugh, love! And look, Quint has his line in the water now. Look at that concentration! Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish lady. Farewell and adieu to you, Spain. Mad as a bag of... 
Sardines. How are you expected to catch sardines with a line? He's not mad. He's focused. Trying to anticipate the sardines every move. To think like a fish. To become one with the fish. Isn't that right, Quint? Bloody hell, did you bring that chalkboard out here with you? Mad, mad, mad. And I'm not sure which one of you is madder. Yeah. Hey, what was that? I think he's caught! Get behind me! Hooper! Reverse Who the hell's Hooper? I think he means you. He's having some sort of flashback or something. Just drive the boat! Yeah, it's too easy. He's a smart, big fish. He's down under the boat. Keep it steady now. I got something very big. Can you see it, Simon? Yeah. Take a hell of a Get the scoop out of the bucket! Whip the reel! Oh, she's long! Oh, that all? You know, you know that when you're in the water, Chief. You tell her by looking in the door, she'll give you tail. Well, four inches isn't going to fill anyone. Simon, don't say a word about my love life. Not saying it. And put that bloody chalkboard away! Have you caught that damn fish or not? Where's he going now? Oh, he ain't fooling me. What's he making out now? Go on, try it. I don't know, Chief. I don't know if he's very smart, very dumb. He's gone under. He's gone under the boat. I think he's gone under the boat. No! It's there! Over there! It's turned! It's coming right for us! It's tiny! It's pulling to the left! Quint's fighting it! It's pulling to the right! It's all over the bloody place! Are you sure he doesn't get the fish drunk? Better to sleep with a sober cannibal than a drunk fish! You are? It be the white whale! Are you alright? Do you want to talk about it? I know not all that may be coming, but be what it will! I'll go to it laughing! Oh no, look out! He's jumping into the boat! And now it's eaten. And now it's back in the sea. Well, that's just typical. The captain's been eaten, the fish got away, neither of us know how to drive a boat. I tell you, if we weren't still in the harbour and only 20 feet from the jetty, we'd be in real trouble. I tell you what, let's paddle back to the jetty and catch the train back to the pub. And not only will I buy you some fish, we can do the podcast as we travel. <sighs> okay. was lucky we got the last seat. Yeah, I suppose it'll do to get us back to the pub. We should get there before five o'clock. Yeah, I would think so. So, you want to talk about Genesis? Yeah, yeah. Don't be disappointed. I know we didn't get the fish you wanted. Yeah, well, I'll just have to cook something else. I'll have to come up with another masterpiece. Yeah. Something involving chicken. That's a fish, isn't it? Mm, not really. I'll, I'll make it up as we go along anyway. Right. Now, don't forget, when we get back... We're going to be expecting the builders. 
Yep, yep, I remember. Yep, we've ordered the parts. Yep. New kitchen, installed, me, ready to cook masterpieces. And I filled in the forms that you wanted me to fill in. Excellent, man. So everything should be there. They should be ready, waiting for us. When we get Nothing there. can stop my plans now. Well, I don't know. I thought that, remember? I do remember. London it made me arrogant. I did think you were a little arrogant. I'm looking forward to getting back to the pub and you getting rid of that attitude that you developed, young man. It made me something I just wasn't. I would say it would make you something I didn't like, but I didn't like you to start with. Anyway, well, let's occupy this train journey home with a little chat about what's possibly the greatest Genesis album ever made, in my opinion. We've already done Duke. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Invisible Touch instead. Okay. So, what about it? Apart from the fact that it was their 13th album. Do, 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 do. No, it wasn't the Twilight Zone one. That no, was, wasn't that it? Was, okay. They did that on the last track. Oh, the last yeah, album. Yeah. No, this was just the 13th album. The 13th album. This was, as I have said many times before, my first Genesis album. Really? Yes. Oh, you're such a young guy. I know, I know. I'd had previously heard some tracks on the radio before, but I wasn't really interested. I didn't really know the band. And then it was probably the Invisible Touch single that I really liked, although it might have been Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. I can't remember which one. Okay. Um, and like I say, my friend, his dad was a big Genesis fan, so he did me tape of this and then put Foxtrot on the other side of the tape. And they were the two, my first two Genesis albums. Wow. Boom. Boom, you as you say. But quite a, a big mix there. Very, very different styles. Yeah. So how did you how did you equate those two albums as one man? I, that was the thing. It's like because I, I had no preconceptions of what Genesis were like. Somebody told me this was the latest Genesis album. This was one of their earlier albums. It's the same band. And so I was you like, didn't realise how okay. bad it was. Okay. How dare you? Sorry. This is, this is, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into uh, our individual thoughts later. Um, but yeah, released in, what was it, 86, June? Yep, June 86. It was announced in 1985, in June 1985, by Radio 1, that the band had split up. Yes, <laughs> how wrong they were. Which meant that Phil issued a statement to say that they hadn't split up and they were going into the studio. They did go back into the studio in October 1985. To start make recording. this tat. Oh, we are going to come to blows. We are going to come to blows on this one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's any surprise that it's not really one of my favourite albums. I know, I, don't get me wrong, there were some good tracks on this. Hmm? But on the whole, not one of my favourites. Well, I'd like to say you're in the minority of Genesis fans, but I really don't know if you are or not. Because at the time, this was their biggest selling album. It was huge. This, this was it. This is where they went. Multi-platinum, this album. Yeah, so there must be lots of Genesis fans out there who love this album. I mean, what was it? Number one in the UK? Number yep. three in the US? Yeah. That, that was the highest charting album they've ever had in the US. Five singles released off this album. That's a cocky number. All of them got into the top five in America. Yeah, that was a record breaker at that yep. time. Yep. No other band had achieved that. They were the first band and the first foreign act to achieve that in America. Yeah. Um, previously, it had only been Michael Jackson, Madonna and someone else who I forget yeah yeah uh, so that. big so time that's bigger than the Beatles it is bigger than the Beatles Genesis are bigger than the Beatles <sighs> risky yeah, yeah but there <laughs> you go but the numbers speak for themselves this was they did. this was a huge hit for them yeah. it was a game changer it was absolutely this was this was the pinnacle of what they'd been trying to achieve now so we spoke about this a little bit in the, the previous album podcast where they were building to be a singles band that's yeah. what they wanted to be to start off with they changed direction during the 70s and then in the 80s they kind of course corrected and got to this point where I think every single track on this album was released 
as either a single or a B-side to the single. But it must have been quite galling for them in one respect, mm. because they had their number one single off this album. Mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel pipped them to the post by three <laughs> months. Uh, well, by, by well no, week, couple of weeks, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Because they, he'd had his release in, what was it, April? And they released their single that got to the morning in May. Invisible Touch knocked Sledgehammer off the number one spot in America. <laughs> wow! Who? How much? How many? Le- how many phone calls went back and forth out there? Well, apparently they didn't realise. So, so Phil said that we didn't know that at the time. Otherwise, we would have sent him a telegram. Going na 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 na. I'm not going to say what he said it would say, but really? <laughs> it, was, it was well done. B word. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, no rivalry there. Right? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but yeah. But, but, so this was this was big. This was big. Genesis are now playing Wembley Stadium. They even got into the movies with this. Yeah. Because um, what was his name? Patrick Bateman, mm-hmm. the character from American Psycho, yeah. called this an undisputed masterpiece. And if you can't, he trust, was mad though. If you can't trust a serial killer, yeah, who, who can, can you can trust? You trust? I mean, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so so you know, not only was it a big album for them. But it now got into mm-hmm. pop pop culture. So the, this is it. The, this is huge. This is the pinnacle of their success now. Yeah, it's a shame it wasn't a great album. Mm. Sorry, mm. sorry. <laughs> no, as I say, some great <laughs> tracks on this. Yeah, sort of some great tracks. So they went back into the studio again with Hugh Padgham engineering. Yeah, yet again. So he seems to be working really well for them. On yeah, this. third album in a row. Yeah, he's their engineer, mm. and he's helping them do this. But they're they're changing their sound so much. Normally, when a band does that. They start changing the crew as well. Yes. Um, but they've stuck with this guy who's helped them develop this sound. Yeah. Um, so, so technically, he's one of the band at this point. Yeah, I mean, because he's helping them develop. I suppose. I mean, many bands say the producers are part of the band. You know, um, think of uh, George Martin and the Beatles. Yeah, definitely. Um, he s- sculptured a lot of the Beatles sound. So, in many ways, I suppose that we owe a lot of the the 80s sound of Genesis to you pageant yeah I would say um, so yeah and this is kind of the the end result this album doesn't really sound like any other Genesis album again no they've gone full pop on this yeah, one. yeah. there's, there's, there's almost no harking back to the old days on this mm, there's a couple but we'll talk about them when we get to the new tracks are we going to start fighting we are yeah yeah um, I'm getting my, my knuckle dusters on ready <laughs> what do you mean, on? You'd never take them off. No, that's true. Ever since you said you didn't like suppers ready, I make sure to wear them all the time. Sorry. <laughs> but I still don't. So they took a lot of time off after the Mama Tour finished. Worked on solo albums. Phil released uh, No Jacket Required in 1985, which was his biggest selling solo album. Um, I think it might be his biggest selling solo album of his career. Mike had had success with his first Mike and the Mechanics album. Tony had done some albums. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Poor old Tony. Tony's often held up as being the, the most you know, irreplaceable member of Genesis, as the one who controls everything and, and is the force behind Genesis. Couldn't get a solo album to do anything there. Not off the ground, no. Yeah. No, he never seemed to really get going on it, yeah. did he? Must have been really, really calling for him. Mm. You see Mike and, Tony and Phil having such hey, success. Hey, Tom, how's your solo album going? Shut up. Shut up. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we joke about that, mm. but it must have... 
that must have been at the back of his mind when they were when they were doing these albums. Yeah, yeah. You would you would harbour a little bit of bit of resentment if you saw your your two pals both having good solo mm. careers and you couldn't get one off the ground. Yeah, I mean, especially when you've been responsible for a lot of your band's most popular tracks. Yeah, yeah. You know, Firth the Fifth, One yeah. for the Vine. And yeah, he can't get a solo arm off the And off solo the arms just don't go anywhere. Yeah. I do think it's odd, but then it's not so odd when you actually listen to those albums. No, when you when you actually sit down and listen to them, um, it, they're, they're a bit disappointing. Yeah, Mike Rutherford had a, a couple of terrible solo albums before he did the first Mike and Mechanics album. He did. But then he became successful with Mike and the Mechanics. Well, you say successful. Well, he had a number one album and single. He did. He went on big store. But how many, albums, how many albums did they do? Seven. How many were hits? Five. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> um, but I mean, they weren't as big hits as Phil's albums. No, definitely. Or even Peter's They weren't even in the same league, were they? But, but Tony just couldn't seem to get his going. Which is, you know, as you say, considering he was the powerhouse behind mm. most of their big hits, yeah. or you know, their big sounds, yeah. um, it's surprising that he had such a problem yeah. putting his own sound out. It is. Or maybe the fact was, because he was the mover behind those, he found it hard to find an individual sound for himself. Quite possibly. I would imagine he's, his tracks that he wrote and took into the band were changed by the band. And that, although he had the core of it and the, the structure of it, they altered it to fit them. So maybe it's just that that initial call just didn't grab people and needed somebody else could be I mean Mike was lucky that he mm. happened to go into that garage at the time yeah. and find those mechanics yeah exactly um, I mean who else would have that kind of luck exactly I mean his car broke down in the middle of him recording an album yeah I and mean, then the, the mechanics turned you know, it just luck sometimes happens poor Tony couldn't find any mechanics yeah. couldn't even find a plumber I mean he tried his own Stab at a band. Yeah, Tony and the Plumbers. With bank statement. Oh, right, yeah. Um, didn't really Did he have a lot of bankers in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he got his bank statement and went, I've not got much money, I need a solo album. Stat! <laughs> um, but and, and I'm sure at some point in the future we'll discuss some solo albums. Bank statement for me is probably his best solo album, but it's still not great. Yeah, so they've completely left the prog rock behind. Hmm. There's a bee in here. <laughs> I kind of agree and don't agree because I think they've avoided. Can you not just once let me have it? I like. Just, just always got to. I say... like sitting on this fence. It's comfortable. <laughs> but you never let me just have one little statement. You've got to gainsay it. See, point. I think the sounds, the mm -hmm. musical sounds. Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely they've moved away from the prog rock sounds because they've not got the big symphonic keyboards, they've not got the big soaring guitars. Not I don't got... think this this one musically is as powerful as the last but, album. I, but I think they've got the song structure of the prog sounds, which I think we'll discuss a bit more when we talk about the individual tracks. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. the sound, the music sound, yeah, definitely not quite as prog no. Not as powerful, not I don't think. I think this is, there's much more of a, a pop sound to this album. Yes, I agree. There is much pop. Yeah. This is their poppiest album. I think they've what they've been working towards in the last three albums. Mm -hmm. They've now reached. Yes. They've now reached the final sound. I think that they were aiming for yeah. all along, and it has been a staggered approach. Yeah. Um, but I think definitely now they're at that pop point where they wanted to finish. Yeah. Where they probably wanted to start right from the very beginning. Yeah. They've got where they wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. They they are now where they want to be in the first place, which is. 
punchy pop song. But is it where we want them? Well, who knows? We'll talk about that in a minute. Because it is a, a phenomenally different band to what we've been listening to. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the genesis we started. Yeah. It, almost no callbacks at all. And in many ways, the next album after this is a slight return to old genesis sounds in some places. Well, yes. I, I didn't want to talk about this because you always tell me off when I, I, when I jump ahead. Mm. Um, but I agree entirely on that. Mm. The, the next album is a heavier album mm. in some places. This doesn't even go to those places. Yeah. And it is definitely the next album is definitely more proggy yeah. than this album in places. So. Much, much more storytelling mm. as well. Yes. Um, but we're on this album now. Yes, so that's not going to be released for another six years. No. So we need to talk about this album for now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's all I've got to say about this album completely. Okay, well, the tour... Yeah. <laughs> right. The tour was a big tour. 112 dates. Good grief. Starting in Detroit on 18th of September 1986. It went all over the world, and including more dates in the UK wow. this time, and Europe. How nice of them to visit yeah. their own land. Lovely. Um, they ended in uh, Wembley, four sold-out dates, first to the 4th of July 1987, playing Wembley Stadium. Those gigs were released uh, on video and DVD. Um, so you can see that. That was broadcast live on Radio 1 as well. Was it really? The last day, the last night. Good grief. Yeah. Um, so the other notable thing about this tour yes. is every track on the album, except for anything she does, was played live really? during those gigs. And anything she does was used as the intro video to the gig. So just before they came on stage, that played on the screen. So what did they start this set with? Uh, it was Mama. It was Mama. Yeah. So that means that this tour was the first one since 1975 when every single track on the album was played at a gig. Wow. Even if they didn't play it live. So shall we move on to the first track? Yes, the title track, Invisible Touch. Yeah. coming down selling food. How about a quick roll? No, thank you, madam. I'm married. So that was the title track, Invisible Touch? She seems to have an invisible touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I really like it. It's a great opener again. It is, it is. The Genesis do not know how to do a bad opener so far. Yeah. Um, Although it's a good track to open, I think 
I think they should have opened the album with the Land of the Confusion. Great track, mm-hmm. as we know. We will come to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I can see your point from the energy point yeah. of view. But mm, I'm happy with this as the opening track. Mm. Yeah. I think Land of Confusion. I don't think that would have worked as an opening track mm. as well. Mm. I don't know why. Don't you? Right. I, yeah. I can't tell you exactly why. I think because of the kind of song it is. Yeah. Whereas this is more of a upbeat light song. Yeah. Whereas the Land of Confusion is the point Land of Confusion is trying to make mm. is quite a heavy one. Whereas this is a nice light frothy track. Yeah, I suppose so. Although Even if it is about people who will do you ill. I was going to say you, you say that's a nice light frothy. Frothy track, can't you say frothy? I did say frothy. it. You're struggling saying it, but um, I managed to say it. It harkens back to That's All from the last album, where it sounds like a nice upbeat track, and when you actually listen to the lyrics... Yeah, it's not so much. It ain't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a Phil's lyric. It is, and it came from uh, Rutherford, yep. um, when he was playing some riffs he was doing for Domino. Yes. Um, and that brought this one around. Yeah, so. and they, they took that out of those, that bit of session and turned it to a song on its own. Yeah. Um, it's certainly some really good, recognisable. Yeah. But this this album um, was again mm-hmm. another one where they came in completely bare. Yeah. They came into the. the they, they were naked. No, 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 not naked. They came into the studio without any preconceptions yeah. or any reworked stuff that they were planning to yeah. do. They jammed it on the day. Yes. So again, it's it's like the last album. Same. No again. stuff that they'd all worked on and then bought in and gone. I've got this idea. Yeah. They did it as it worked. Yeah, exactly. And again, like last time, they had a couple of days where they were just fumbling around and throwing things at walls, seeing mm-hmm. what stick. Yep. And then it picked up again, yep. and then we got some track. Yep, it's good. Phil says this is his favourite Genesis track. Just goes to show he hasn't got any taste. <laughs> Still playing it now on his current tour that he's on. He's not not but dead it, yet. It at all. does kind of it does kind of fit in with Phil Collins' solo style. Does yes. I, I think musically it doesn't really sound like Phil's solo stuff. But lyrically it sounds just like it's Phil's solo stuff. So this was their only number one single in the USA. What, ever? Or yep. From this album? Yep. From, well, ever. This, really? is, this is their only number one single they had. Wow. Um, it didn't get to number one in the UK. Uh, they've never had a UK number one. Have they not? Um, nope. It got to number seven, I think, in the UK. I can't remember. To be honest, I can understand that because it's not a powerful song. Hmm. It's, it's just, it's a bit wishy-washy to, for top charting. Well, you're just changing your mind. You said no, it was brilliant a minute ago. It again. is brilliant, <laughs> but I'm just saying for chart, yeah. it's not powerful enough to get to number one. Hmm. It's a good, on this, this album, yeah. it's a good track. Yeah. You take it away from this album and it's a bit yeah. so-so. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. I like, I like it. I mean, this is famously referenced by Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. You just said that. I said yeah, that. Yeah. You're just stealing my lines. I'm not stealing your lines. I'm confirming it. <sighs> um, but then he talks a lot about the whole album. Does in, he? In American Psycho, yeah. So, um, did he start doing a Genesis podcast halfway <laughs> through this film? <laughs> well, yeah, halfway through murdering people, he started a, a Genesis podcast. That's just like us, because we murder things as well. Yeah. Yes, we do. We <laughs> Mostly scripts. <laughs> murdering the scripts. Yeah. Murdering Genesis albums. Yeah, yeah. Murdering the idea of podcasting. I, know, I might be murdering you if you're at the end of this podcast, if things don't improve. He threatens me a lot. Um, but yeah, Phil says this was his attempt to be a little bit more R&B. He was, he was R&B? Quite, he was quite into Prince at the time. This so isn't really R&B, is well, it? Well, rhythmically it is. Really? I mean, you're thinking of R&B now where it's, um, yeah, it's not like boys to men R&B. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. No, I know. Um, but it's, it was kind of trying to be a bit more funky like Prince. Well, it's got that guitar yes, going, which you can exactly. almost imagine in a Prince song. Exactly. I mean, Phil obviously had already released his 
as we mentioned before, is No Jacket Required album, yeah. which had Susudio, which was almost a direct rip-off of Prince. Yes. Um, so you can kind of see where he's going with that. And this album does kind of sound a bit like Susudio. Hmm. Not in its you know, tonality, as yeah. it were, but in some of the use of instruments. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this album as a whole is a lot more soulful than previous Genesis albums. Do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I do. Well, I'm good about. I'm glad about yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I, I like this track. Um, this track, actually, you said earlier on, this knocked Sledgehammer off. It was actually Sledgehammer knocked this track off number one um, in America. So it was a big year for Genesis. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this is the second uh, hit album that they've had, and this mm. is by far the biggest hit album. It is. Um, but I don't think it's one of their best. Yeah, but we'll talk about the whole album in a bit. We will. But, but, yeah, that's what I'm saying here. But, so, like this track? This track, I think, is a good opener for the album. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be one of my favourite tracks mm. of all time, mm -hmm. but it's a perfectly decent track yeah. and a good opener. Okay, let's move on to the next then. Which is? Tonight. 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 Oh. Tonight. Oh. Tonight, 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 tonight,
It's all right. I really I like the musical bit in the middle. Mm. You know, they're trying out new instruments again. It's yep. quite an interesting musical piece. See, this I've got honestly would say this is one of my all-time favorite Genesis tracks. It's a low one, isn't it's it? It's a great one. I think this is the perfect melding of 70s and 80s Genesis. It's got all the 80s sounds, but it's got the structure of a 70s track. Mm. So you know that breakdown in the middle? Yeah. That you just mentioned. That reminds me a lot of oldest tracks I get what you're saying yeah. um, where they, they just go into the instrumental stuff which is um, shame because they cut all of that out for the yeah, single absolutely hate single version the yeah. single version is just butchered it's half as long yeah the, the original track was 8 minutes 40 something and yeah. the single was like 4 minutes 30 something absolutely awful version yeah. I hate that version but I love this one you know the more complex sounds patterns and things but with pop instruments I find it kind of um, average until we get to the musical bit mm. I like the musical bit but yeah. the, the song itself, it's okay. I mean, focusing me, you know, the same sort of high, high to low and back again, as eleventh of Mark. Mm. I think this is like a modern version of that track. The funny thing about this was that it was used on an ad for Mickelon, <laughs> yeah. yes. because they only heard the tonight, tonight, yeah. tonight, and didn't understand what the song yeah, was about. Yeah, they obviously clearly didn't listen to the song before they chose yeah, it. So it <laughs> absolutely did not fit that that advertising yeah. thing. You get that a lot, to be fair, <laughs> with advertisers. You'll yeah. sometimes we'll listen to it, we'll see a telly advert, mm -hmm. and you'll hear the song. And you go, why have they used this song? <laughs> yeah. But this song, yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit of a weird choice. It is a bit of a strange. Yeah, it's a song about addiction and. Um, and we're doing it for craving, alcohol. <laughs> craving your next fix, and here it is, advertising alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So not not, really not brilliantly to thought out, really. No. No. But that did help it get to number three in America. Did it really? That adver yeah. advertising campaign, yeah. Um, it was the fourth single released from the album. It got to number 18 in the UK, but it got to number three in America. It seems a bit excessive. Mm. I mean, it's not that good. And especially, as you say, the single the single's terrible. Oh, single version makes me cry when I listen to it. Isn't that so, sad? So bad. Oh, bad. So badly done. Um, yeah. I wish that didn't exist. Yeah, but say it's, it's an okay track, but it's not one of my favourites. Well, I love it. It's one of my favourites. I love the lyrics. I love the vocal performance from Phil. Um, especially at the end, you know, like, you keep telling me about everything. All that bit. Just the way he delivers it, I think it's brilliant. I think it's oh, a really, really strong yeah, performance. Yeah, it. it's very well done. I'm just not convinced it's one of my favourite tracks. On would, be, would be in my top ten Genesis tracks. Really? He would. Ever? Ever. Wow. Yeah. Do you need to talk to somebody about this? <laughs> no. Wow. Talking to you. Talking to you about it. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm qualified to, to deal with that for you. Yeah. That's a lot you're unpacking. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm, no, I, yeah. I, I can't, I'm not entirely sure I can agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a great... I'm going to say right now it's my favourite one on the album as well. Coming out of the closet early on mm -hmm. this one. I am. I'm, 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 uh, I'm playing my cards now. I'm not wow. holding anything back. Wow. Shocker. Yeah. Mm. So it's like it's my favourite track on one of my favourite albums. Come on. Nothing to add to that. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's, that's a place I can't go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. But they did play it live. Really? Yeah. Okay. Played, played the long version on the Invisible Touch tour. On later tours, they played a medley of Invisible Touch and Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Okay. Where they played Tonight, 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 until about halfway through, and then went into Invisible Touch. Um, but yeah, it was, it was played live. It's, imagine the lights and things during the middle passages, I suppose. That'd be interesting to see that, isn't it? I'm sure it's somewhere up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on the Genesis Live at Wembley DVD, so any time I want. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoy this track. I love it. Nothing else to say about it because it's great. 
Okay. Instrumentally, musically, lyrically, everything. You love it. I love I'm, it. I'm ambiguous. I love it. About this track. What's next track? I don't know what the next track is, and I'm a bit confused. That's because it's the land of confusion. Oh. I won't be coming home tonight. My generation will put it right. We're not just making promises. That we What a great track. It is a great track. It gets a bit repetitive, don't get me wrong. Mm. But I love this track. Yeah. Helped amazingly by the video. It's probably best remembered for its video, to be fair. Mm -hmm. um, From the British television programme Spitting Image. Exactly. That won a Grammy in 1987. That did video. it really? It did. Doesn't for, surprise me. It was for something really odd that they didn't do again. It was something like best. Puppetry. Con concept music video or best narrative music video or something like that. And they only did that category once. Genesis won it and then they didn't do the category again. <laughs> you sure they didn't just make it up just so they just could, so they win could give that award? Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But it's, it's um, a really fun video. It is a really good video. And the, the song itself is a fun song. <laughs> Until you look at what the theme is. Yeah. It's basically a protest song. It is. And especially now. It's very scarily relevant still. It is. Then again, I don't think these themes are ever going to be irrelevant. No. It's, it's, a, it's a continuing cycle, these things. It, we are living in very interesting times at the moment, which makes this song particularly poignant. Yes, that is true. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, it's a great lyric. I mean, the story with the lyrics are that they are uh, Mike's lyrics. Right. And he was very ill in in bed with flu. Delirious, wasn't it? Delirious with flu, yeah. Um, when Phil came to record them, so Phil had to go round to his house and sit on the end of his bed while Mike dictated the lyrics to him like his secretary. It was a, it was a fish! And um, <laughs> that kind of delirious. Yeah. But yeah, what a great rock track. Yeah, it is. Really good, good driving drumbeat. Have you heard that cover version of it by the rock band Disturbed? No. Oh, it's good. Yeah.
obviously, but it works quite well as a proper, proper heavy metal song. So where did this get to as a single? This one got to number four in the US. It was the set, the third single, sorry. It got to number 14 in the UK. I thought it would have got higher than that in the UK, because it's such a so. good track. I would have thought so, but again, I think it's a combination of things. Tonight, tonight, tonight got quite high in the charts because of the Michelob right. uh, advert. I think this got quite high in the US because of the video. Yeah. I think the video playing a lot on MTV pushed that track higher. See, I would have expected the same thing to be happening in this country because people were familiar with the puppets. Yeah. And so there would have been that. But we didn't have as much of a access point to it. MTV. MTV. Mm. So that wasn't being broadcast. It was being broadcast in Europe. But it wasn't available. But it wasn't easily available. No. You would have had to pay for satellite. And yeah. Yeah. Whereas Top of the Pops would played it, but that's once a week. I'm trying to remember when, because um, satellite television in this country, mm. where, where MTV was being shown, it really wasn't available much then. It wasn't for about another two years yeah. that it became, you know, really affordable for yeah. most households. Exactly. I, mean, I remember talk of satellite television around this time, but I didn't know anybody with satellite television. No. So there would have been no access to MTV. No. I mean, it was really sort of, but like was, you say, it was, it was sort of 89, 90 when I started to know people who had satellite TV. Um, but yeah, that was like three years later. Yeah. So, so we didn't have as much access mm. because Americans had all the cable TV yeah. stuff. Yeah. So they were already getting this stuff through cable. Exactly. We didn't have that over in the UK. Yeah. So if you didn't have satellite television, you had no access at all to this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there were a couple of programs, like I say, Top of the Pops and probably the chart show at that time was on Channel 4. Yeah. Um, but, but they were on once a week. And once a week. If you didn't exactly. spot them, you didn't see them. Exactly. So yeah. you, there wouldn't have been anything else on and they weren't repeated. No. So if you missed that on Thursday or whatever day it was on. It wasn't like, let's say, MTV, they yeah. rolled around. Yeah. So you get that video three to four times an hour yeah. or something. Yeah. Exactly. Which so we didn't have access I th- I to think, any of them. I think that's contributed not only to the success of this song, but to the songs on this album as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think they really drove this album, MTV. So from that point of view, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been as big a success if it hadn't been for MTV. I think. Mm. But I think the same can be said of Sledgehammer, and so. Yeah. Um, which was another great video. I mean, you take the two albums, So and Invisible Touch, and whereas Invisible Touch is very poppy. So is very experimental, with a few pop elements in it as well. So Peter Gabriel was really pushing the envelope with his experimenting with sounds and ways of doing things. But again, Sledgehammer was driven by the video. Exactly, but Sledgehammer and Big Time, and to a certain extent Don't Give Up, were all big MTV plays. Yeah. So that would have contributed to the success of So as well. So I think musically, it wouldn't have been a success, this album. No. If it hadn't been for MTV. In fact, it probably would have been less of a success because it's such a change in sound that I think existing Genesis fans might have not bothered. Yeah, this is the point I've been making for the like the last two albums. Mm. The the change in tone mm. and style that they're going through. Yeah, I've always wondered how many fans got left behind. Mm. I think they've left. I think they've left fans behind after every album, apart from the very first one, because they didn't have any fans. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think when Anthony Phillips left at the after Trespass, I think some people dropped off. I think when Steve Hackett, oh well, when Peter Gabriel left, people dropped off. Mm. When Steve Hackett left, people dropped off. When they released Abacab, people were gone. Genesis, people were gone. I think it happens. I think it just happens naturally. And I think the same would have been said of any band, really, except for bands that never change their sound. Yeah, because I mean, 
this band has changed their sound so much over time. Almost Whereas, every album. Yeah, yeah. But but you can, as we've done previously, put them into blocks mm. of sounds. Yeah. So those albums sound very similar, even though the sound's constantly changing. Yeah. We're now into this pop era yeah. of Genesis, which started, what, two, three albums yeah. ago. Yeah. But this album is the pinnacle of that movement. Mm-hmm. They've now gone from poppy yeah. and then poppier and mm-hmm. now this is uh, poppiest yeah I would say so yeah I think so, so this is the poppiest album we've done yeah so it's 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 interesting but as we, we said earlier where they're going to go next mm. is almost a U-turn to yeah. some extent yeah but for this album mm-hmm. you know we, we, it's a good album yep but you know on this track which is probably one of the highlights of this album yes I think yeah, and it's it a, definitely it's a, is. It's a great driving beat to it. It is. And I just, as I said when we started, I defy anybody not to like this <laughs> track. Well, they used this track to open the 1992 We Can't Dance Tour. Good choice. So, as, as they always open with the track from the previous album. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also played it with Ray Wilson on the Paul Stations Station Store. Oh, wow. So, there you go. Yeah, so this is a good one. They liked it. I really like this track. Yep. It's one of my favourites on the album. Me too. I, I love it. Just fantastic. And immensely helped with a brilliant video yes definitely so this moves us on to into the Oh, sorry, it was that that track always has that effect on me. <laughs> Man, that was dull. Did you like it? Guess. Shall I, shall I tell you what I've written down here? What have you written down there in your bestest crayon? I bet Gary hates it. Way <laughs> score. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was predictable, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just a really dull ballad. See, I. I... I quite like it. You like the dull things, don't I you? I quite like it. I think it's quite a nice, sweet ballad. Um, it's not very exciting, but it's all right. Um, it's for me. It's the first proper love song, or well, breakup song, yeah. that they've really done, because they've done songs that you've interpreted as love songs in the past, such as "Follow You, Follow Me." Yeah. But they're not overtly 
love songs. No, this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Follow You, Follow Me is still quite musically, quite almost prog. It's not really a pop song, whereas this is full on love song, soul soul love song. This could be Mariah Carey or... Could be anybody. Luther Vandross. That's, that's one of the things I don't like about it. Mm. It literally could be anybody doing this song. Yeah. It's not a Genesis track. Mm. It's, it's not even a poppy Genesis <laughs> track. It's just an anybody could write this track. Yeah. And I don't... That's one of the reasons I don't like it. It's this, so dull. This is the closest they ever got to Phil's solo stuff. Yeah. Um, this is literally one step away from being a Phil solo track. It, w- it would slot into one of Phil's albums very easily. Yeah. Um, but I, I quite like it. I think it's quite a nice little ballad. Yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, this is... I'm... <sighs> Where are we on this album? Um, Fourth track. Yeah, I know, and I'm just trying to remember <laughs> if there's a track now that I don't usually skip when I listen <laughs> to this album. Well, we're at, we're at the point in the album traditionally where we get the slower, more acoustic. We ballad. are, and this this fits that bill, yeah. but this just is too much. It's too ballady. It's mm. too love songy. Mm. It's now so far away from the band we started with. Yes. It's, it is. It, it is, is that. absolutely not Genesis. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Although I do like the song, I would agree that it is very far removed from Genesis that we know. Mm. That's all I've got to say about this. Well, I'm not keen. This was used in the film Mona Lisa, starring um, Bob Hoskins and somebody else who I can't remember. Mona um, Lisa? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Mona Lisa. It was Bob Hoskins, but. Um, this was used in the film against the wishes of the film creators and the director and producers. So who put it in? Because the film studio wanted a, a contemporary track for the movie and they licensed this and basically gave it to the film's producers and said, we've paid for this for the film, you've got to use it. So they kind of crowbarred in a montage section with this track and they didn't want to, didn't want to use it. Wow. Yeah. And the video to this is particularly dull, it's just a performance video. Not even a thought gone in. No thought into the track, yeah. no thought into the video. I mean, it's the most obvious single on the album, I think. Um, really? As a song, I think it's the most obvious single. Only because anybody could have done it. Exactly, that's what I mean. So, But like I say, I do, I like it. Did it do very well in the charts? I don't think so. Uh, um, I can't remember, I didn't make a note of it. You let me down again! <laughs> I asked you one simple question! You had one job! God, this is what I have to work with. <laughs> but yeah, um, I like, quite like it. Mm. I know you don't like it. No. Nothing else to say about it, though. I don't hate it. I just don't find it interesting. I, don't think I will it... always skip over this. Um, but yeah, so let's go on to the next track, shall we? Which is Anything She Does.
Oh, that was a bit bouncy, wasn't it? Do you like that one? Yes, yes, I did like that mm -hmm. one. Weird thing about this, yeah. when it starts, you almost think it's going to be a Thomas Dolby track. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does sound very, very much like that, yeah. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's just the use of the, the sort of tick -tick 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 yeah. sound to the beginning. And that, that keyboard. Doo -doo 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 exactly. So, um, yeah, I like this track. It's a perfectly good track. Yeah, I do. I really like this track. Um, it's one they didn't play live, as I mentioned before. Um, the video starring Benny Hill. Um, played on the screens before the band came on. Really? Yeah. Benny Hill? Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, I we, did not know that. I've never seen the video to this. Yeah, we'll watch it in a bit. Um, which means that every single track on the album, as mentioned before, yeah. was played live in concert, was played in concert, because this one wasn't played live, but it was played on the screens. And all those tracks were played live. Inspired, of course, by nudie pictures that they stuck onto the wall of their studio. Exactly. I think that's very obvious. Even the first time I heard this, I thought, this is about page three girls. It really is, isn't it? Um, but I think it's, I, I really like this track actually. Um, it's, it's really tempo and a Yeah, I like the pacing and of it. I like the pacing of it. It's a, it's a good, fast, energetic track yeah. and you, you bop along to it, yeah. so to speak. I like, I like the lyrics as well. I think it makes some interesting points. It's like, you know, in 20 years or more, you're still look the same when I'm old and grey. Mm. It's like, it's, it's this snapshot people captured on the page. It's kind of like me and you. Yeah, because you look old and grey. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. But true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the, it's a snapshot of, of things and people and you know the people that you see on the screen or on the page. They don't look like that in real they life. Never age. No. And they never. They will never change from that. And I think it makes some good, good, interesting points. But yeah, it's basically a track about gentlemen's relish. Nudie girls. <laughs> yeah. Another track about gentlemen's relish. Another track about gentlemen's relish. But it's it's a good fun track. I like it. It is. It's a good good bouncy track. It I is. Know. Apparently the, the, the horn keyboard horn sounds were sampled from Paperlate. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. So there they you sampled go. the horn sound from that and then he turned it into his samples the thing. So there you go. Excellent. You didn't like Paperlate then. Not even vaguely. No, <laughs> no I, I, I was trying there to think of some subtle way of saying, well, it was all right, but it really wasn't. It was awful. Yeah, you hate it. And I know we've had, well, I've had some stick over that. Mm. Uh, a couple of emails have said, how dare you, sir? <laughs> how dare you? It was a classic. <laughs> and of course, they're utterly wrong. Mm. I'm going to get some more emails. You are. But, no, it, it just wasn't my kind of music, though. I didn't like it. Yeah. I thought it was a bit cheesy in its approach. Um, mm. And I don't mind that they've sampled the horns off this. Yeah. Because um, I like this track. I think it's a great track. Mm, it is a great track. Good fun. I'm surprised it wasn't released as a single. So am I, actually. Because it would have worked. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think this would have been a better single than um, In Too Deep, for example. Definitely. Oh. Um, However, In Too Deep, as we've said, it was because it was an anybody could have made this track. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably it perfect was the radio most fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure once the BBC had found out what this song was about, they would have banned it anyway. Probably. So, probably just but didn't then, <laughs> with, the, with how the BBC works, that would have taken three to four years. Yeah. So yeah. And it would have made it a number one. Yeah. So that's that track. Now, where's the toilet? I've got to go. Domino. Can't you see what you are doing to
Dogostication. Do what? With with seeing into the future, that your notes say I hate this track. Uh, have a look. No, it doesn't mention it. Oh, I hate this track. Oh, what? Sorry. Yeah, I find it really dull. I mean, it's, what dull? Yeah, I'd rather be playing dominoes than listening to this track. What? And I hate playing dominoes. I get your point about the, the opening bit of it being a bit slow and dull, but even the end bit where it goes all. Well, you see, now the, see, the thing is, it's kind of like football, it's a game of two halves, mm. and you get to the middle bit and they go into this musical bit, yeah. which is tediously dull. Mm. It really doesn't go anywhere, and that's the same for this whole track. It doesn't really kick into high gear. It does. Nah, it doesn't. Nah. It turns into it one just, of their... It just becomes more faster and more boring. It turns into one of their rockier tracks at the end. Uh, yeah, but it's still dull. I just don't, I just don't like it. Mm. Sorry, See, it reminds me in, of in instant flick through. It reminds me of Home by the Sea. No, it doesn't mean. Yeah. I'm gonna fight you on this. Yeah. Fight you to the death. Throw you off the train. You may well do, but throw, I'll just walk the rest of the way. Throw because Mama from the train. <laughs> throw Mama from the No, I don't I just don't get this track. It doesn't do it for me. See, I really, really like it. I think it's like an old school oh, track. You're again. really, really wrong. <laughs> Well, Mike thinks it's one of the best things they ever did. What does Mike know? He wrote it. Well, Tony wrote the lyrics, actually. So he's biased. <laughs> but no, I, I, for me, the the rhythm really doesn't kick in enough. Especially during the beginning mm -hmm. and the middle bit. As you say, it picks up towards the end, See, but that, I don't think that salvages it. That end bit, when it becomes really, really urgent and like nightmarish sounds and things really really reminds me of Home by the Sea it's like maybe, yeah maybe the point is I just never got that far in the track before hitting the fast forward button maybe I mean lyrically it's quite 
interesting. It's another political song. Yeah, again, you're using the word interestingly wrong. <laughs> it, is, it is, listen to the lyrics, it's great. It's, you know, supposedly it's about somebody in a hotel as bombs start to fall. I'll, I'll just give you my impression by going... <laughs> so I, oh, no, I, I, you can you can scream at me all you like, and you will. I will. But I, I just don't really care for this track at all. It's a fast forward, straight on. Oh, I just flick through it. I don't believe that. Yeah. Believe it. You believe it. It's a great track. Nah. This is a really great track. I really love this track. I like the lyrics. I like the political bent to the lyrics. I like the music. Um, I like the way it changes halfway through and becomes something different. I just, I really like it. So again, we're going to have to agree to disagree. But no, but you're wrong. I refuse to agree with you on anything. <laughs> this is definitely going to end as a fight. Now, I can't, I can't agree with you on this. Uh, but yeah, it's about you know, that, some some great lyrics in there as well. Okay. Although there are some bad lyrics. I mean, Phil's expressed some uh, concerns about the lyrics in this album. Things like you know, sheets of double glazing. What's it got wrong night. with double glazing? Nothing. Don't ask me. That says some odd lyrics, but the Tony lyrics. So. Somebody's got a problem with the lyrics double glazing, but <laughs> was fine with illegal alien. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> wow, that man's got issues. No, I, I, I know you like it. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, it fits really well with the land of confusion in terms of lyrics. It's another. Not really a protest song, but it's another political song. You know, it's about the, the domino idea: is that politicians make decisions that ultimately affect people well, they far do. removed from the politicians, and not thinking about the effects of their decisions, which again is really, really relevant in today's society. It is, and specifically with uh, current affairs. Yes, which which aren't now current. No, because this is going out yeah. about five, six weeks after we're brought... By uh, the time you heard this... Should we not all be living in a <laughs> nuclear wasteland? Yeah, if you're listening to this on your wind-up radio in your nuclear bunker, at the time it was quite relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I really like the song. I think it's great. They played it live Good. lots of times. Happy for you. I love it. I, I think you're wrong. Very happy for you. Yeah. But not for me. Let's go on to the next track then. Okay, which is... Typically, and what I think of... When I listened to the last track, they're throwing it all away. Participation. I really am not, no. Oh. Not on a train, anyway. Yeah. People will look at you oddly. They will. Oddlier. Yeah. So, throwing it all away. Yes, they are. You didn't like that track, then. No, another dull ballad. You know what? Yeah? I'm going to shock and amaze you now. Put your trousers back on. Ah! 
I agree with you. I think it's rubbish. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I really don't like this track at all. Um, Hang on, let me look through my notes. <laughs> I've got Simon will love this because yeah. he likes dull ballads. No. Wow. I don't like it. This is the one track I would leave off this album and put something else on. Yeah, I agree entirely. It's a terrible track. Yeah. I've, I've, I have literally nothing positive. Even the last track, which I didn't like, mm. I agreed slightly that some of the music was okay. Yeah. Can't say that about this at all. Yeah, this is just really dull. I mean, obviously there's two ballads on this album. There's In Too Deep and there's Throwing It All Away. And yeah. I think In Too Deep is a good example of a ballad well done. And I think this is just bland. Yeah. I didn't need both of those tracks on. No, Maybe especially I, not following each other. Well, maybe I would have liked this song more if In Too Deep wasn't on. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'd like this if it was even on an album by yeah. itself. Yeah. Or a single, as they call it. Yes. Yeah, yeah well, this, this got to number 22 in the UK. It got to number four in the USA. It was the second single. Four? Number four. Wow, like I say, every every single they released on this off this album got to the top five. Yeah, but I find it hard to believe this got to number four. I don't know. Who was buying it? I don't know. Because it's, it's just it's really dull. Yeah, I mean, Phil does his audience participation live. Yeah, which that's just to keep the crowd awake. Which for me makes the track worse because I really hate that audience participation bit. Really? Yeah, I find that really really a tedious bit of any live concert. Everybody um, say yeah. Not even that. It's just that specific audience participation. Where, where does the dee It's like, why are you saying that? It's not part of the song. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know when Freddie Mercury did his audience participation. Yes. And you do the really high, long notes. That was interesting. Yeah, because, because the like, crowd could not keep up. Exactly, because it was funny. And yeah. Because Freddie Mercury had such a brilliant voice. He did. He could take the Mickey out of the crowd, really. And mm. yeah. But then this is just. What's he? Why is he saying Zidare? What's that? What does that mean? It doesn't don't fit in with the. I, I don't understand it. I haven't seen a particular uh, track, uh, yeah. video you're talking about, yeah. but I can see what you mean. Yeah. Because there's, this is one of those tracks where when you were playing it live, there's no reason to go off mm. piece with it. Yeah. Because you're not bringing anything to it. It's a fairly straightforward track. Dull. Doesn't need to be extended. No, in fact, it needs to be shortened quite yeah. drastically. Phil's still playing it live on his current Not Dead Yet tour, so he likes the track. But apparently it started off as a bit heavier guitar rock song. Okay. As they worked on it more, they started playing it differently and softened it all up until it became the bland track that we have today. Yeah. I would have liked to have heard the heavier version. So I, th I think like. that would have improved it, because yeah. exactly the same as you, this is just not one of my tracks. Yeah. I just fast forward through this, yeah. I'm sorry to say. Just, it's just, just nothing. This is, the nothing this is the only track on the album, really, that I don't like. Yeah, it's up on the list of tracks I don't like on this album. So, let's throw that all away <laughs> oh. and go and get ourselves a Brazilian.
So, did that hurt then? What? The Brazilian. What? It's coffee. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Why? What's a Brazilian? It's a haircut. Uh, no, I don't need a haircut. You're all right. Uh, not um, more down sort of... Um... Never mind. How's your coffee? It's good, yeah, it's good. Nice good, strong. good. Let, let's just stop with the coffee. All right. Okay. So, am I right in believing that this has nothing to do with an unfortunate visit to a beauty parlour? Um, I couldn't guarantee... I can neither confirm nor deny that. Because hmm. I don't know. All right. So what did you think of it? Anyway? I really like that. It's a good little instrumental. It's an interesting musical piece, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Again, though, when we talked about this on the last album, they've gone completely pop now, hmm. and yet they're still harking back with these musical pieces. Yeah. yeah. Which don't really fit in with their new pop persona. No, I mean, it's another little project. I mean, this they recorded two instrumental um, tracks when they were recording this album, and they used this one on the album, and the other one called Do the Neurotic yeah. was the B-side to In Too Deep. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's really good as well. I really like that. Um, but I think they chose the stronger one for the album. What do you think of it as the album ender? See, it's not so much the album ending thing. It's I'm not sure this belongs on this album. Hmm. Um, because it's not this kind of album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. This music, this musical piece doesn't belong with what they're trying to create now. Hmm. So I don't think this belongs on this album. Hmm. Don't, I like it, which is probably also why I don't <laughs> think it belongs on this album. <laughs> but I, d I think they've, they've gone beyond musical interludes now. Yeah, I mean, it does, it does kind of stick out a bit like a sore thumb. I mean, yeah, we've got the, the lo two long tracks. Yes. Tonight, Tonight, Tonight and oh. Domino. But this does kind of stick out a little bit. I think you're probably right. I really do like this track. Yeah. I'm not sure it's the best ending for the album. But there's nowhere else they could have put it on this. Yeah. It would have, it would have been weirder putting it halfway through the album. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I probably would agree with you that if they had a different... Could you write that down somewhere? No. I think if they'd had a different track to end this on and they'd left this off... I think that would have worked better. Yes, I agree. Um, but I do love this track. I think it's a great instrument. Yeah, I, th I think it's a saver for the second side. Yes. Um, because I don't really care for that many other tracks mm. on this side. Yeah. Um, I like this one. I just don't think it belongs on this album. Mm. Well, I don't agree with that. But I do. I, I like this album. But I don't think it's a good ender for the album. I think I would have liked them to have a song. Yeah. End the album. Yeah, it would have. But I think if they put this anywhere else on the album, it would have been yeah. weird. If they didn't put it at the end. There was no place was else, for else to put it. No. Yeah, so that's perhaps why it is on the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's the best. That's like three albums in a row where the last track been... hasn't been the best one to end on. Although this is the best of the three. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah, I really like this track. I mean, this this track features in the Raymond Briggs animated movie When the Wind Blows. Does it really? It does. Yeah. Which is obviously a, a film about a couple dying in a nuclear war. Yes. <laughs> I remember laughing yeah. all the way through that film yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, so it's shown up Christmas Day every yeah. <laughs> every year. To lift people's spirits. <laughs> um, but Roger Waters did the score for that. Ah, um, yes he did. But also, you've got, also got a David Bowie track on that soundtrack as well as this. So. See, I, I have to admit I never saw the film all the way through because yeah. I was so, so depressed, depressed. Yeah. watching it. I never made it through to the end. Yeah. So I don't know where this uh, this track comes in. No, maybe it's sort of the funny bit in the film. Maybe, yeah. 
the uplifting bit where the, the uplifting bit where before the hair falls out, yeah, and the teeth start to drop out, yeah, and before the wife <laughs> dies, and, yeah, and things. Yeah. And so, yeah, and, but it also featured the comedy in, moment. Also featured in an episode of Magnum, really, which is seems like that's a more appropriate place for it, yeah. than a film about nuclear war. Wow, which season? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. There's loads of Phil songs and Genesis songs in Magnum and Miami Vice and all that business. It was Miami Vice. I don't remember so many in Magnum. Oh, yeah, so, so going back to this track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Back. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of an odd one for this album yeah. and a bit weird to end on, mm. but there's nowhere else to put it. Yeah. I mean, the other instrumental would not, would not have worked as an end track either. No. Um, if anything, Do the Neurotic would work as a track at the start. Really? Yeah, just the way it sounds. Okay. Um, but I like both those tracks. And we'll, we'll listen to Do the Neurotic when we get to the archive too. Okay. Uh, Is that on there then? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. It's one of the ones on there. I really like this track. Um, I think it's good instrumental, fun. Yep. Good I'm, sound. I'm with you on that. 80s. It's an interesting um, arrangement because they're, use, again, using new sounds. Yep. Which they've used on this album. Yep. So it's almost, again, like we discussed yep. on the last album, almost like a showcase for what this album yep. can do. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this track, if they'd recorded it with the same sort of instrumentation as they used on Duke, yeah. it would have fitted on Duke. Yeah. You, musically, yeah. it's just the sounds. So, like I said, with tonight, 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 it's like they, they've and, gone past this type of music. Yeah, but so that and Domino, it's the same sort of music they're playing, but with different instrumentation. Yeah. So I think if they recorded them with different instrumentation, they'd fit on the other albums. Yeah, no very probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Like so that was the last track. Yes. One of their shorter albums. It via well, yes, it was. It was yeah. about forty minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Um, flies by <laughs> in some cases not fast enough <laughs> so what do you think of the album then but you've already said a little bit at the start about what you think not one of my favourite albums no it's got a couple of good tracks yeah two in fact yeah um, HR Land of Confusion mm-hmm. and the title track after that I can pretty much leave this entire album behind hmm well I say this is one of my favourite albums I know you're wrong this is my Genesis this was the beginning of my Genesis journey. So I have a lot of affection for the album. Um, I understand the criticisms. I understand having listened to all their other stuff before this, how people might not have liked it. I just think it's a really good, fun, up-tempo album for the most part. Um, yeah. I, ju- I, I just, just I just, it's not that I dislike it. I just find there's too many tracks that I'm prepared to fast forward through. Mm for me to consider this a good album. Yeah. I like a couple of tracks, the rest of it just leaves me cold. Yeah. So for that reason and that reason alone, it's not my favourite album. Fair enough. But it does include a couple of my all-time favourite tracks. Yeah, which is the point I made about the last album, Genesis. Yeah. Wouldn't be my top ten albums, but a couple of the tracks might be my top ten songs, or my top twenty songs. So as I also said on the last one, of the albums that they've got coming up since Abacab, mm. they've probably got one album's worth of class material, mm. and then just a lot of so-so stuff. And not so-so as in... Peter Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just average. That could have yeah. been any band. Yeah. It's, it's not what you would think of as, wow, this is Genesis. Yeah. So your Genesis journey... <laughs> yes. So you, you start with Duke. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go forward from Duke after that, or did you go back? I can't remember what you said. Me neither. I'm old. Mm. Um, if I think about it, I probably went forward one. Yeah. And then back. Yeah. 
So, although, um, so I probably got Duke just before Abercamp mm. was released. So I would have listened to Duke, Abercamp, and then started working backwards. Yeah. I got Genesis when it came out, mm-hmm. and it was years later when I got this album. Yeah. So you didn't buy this when this came out? Then? No, I didn't. Okay. Although that... I liked Land of Confusion, yeah. from what, what we have been saying, it was such a different sound. Yeah. That by that point I'd started listening to the older Genesis. So you didn't listen to that album because you'd heard the singles and things on the yes. radio yeah. and thought, oh, I'm not bothered about that and didn't bother. Exactly. Right. So I, now I like Invisible Touch. Yeah. At the time, I thought it was so horribly poppy mm. when the single was released, I didn't buy the album. Yeah. Even though I really liked the single of Land of Confusion, mm. it, I thought, well, you know, there's lots of albums I want to buy. Yeah. This one's going on a back burner, I'll buy it many years from now. Mm. Which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but I was working backwards then through the catalogue. Yeah. I pretty much said Genesis was the end album for me, mm. and I was now going to go back catalogue. Yeah. So it was years before I bought this album. Yeah. Mm. And to be fair, I'm glad it worked that way because mm. if I had bought this album, I may not have gone back yeah. through the back catalogue. Yeah. Because I, I, even now, I still don't like this album enough mm. for it to be, you know proudly displayed in my, <laughs> my album collection yeah I mean I had this album on tape because I got the copy <gasps> home taping's not killing I music d- folks I did have a copy from my friend as I've already mentioned I but I, yeah. I got the tape of this the official actual release for uh, Christmas I think the 1980 probably 1986 um, no it would have been later than that probably 1987 I got the tape of this for Christmas and then that same year I went out and bought Foxtrot as well so I got the official releases of these albums what do you think of the album cover anyway it's not great no it's not great is it I mean it's currently it's within the theme of the things they've been doing you know sort of random bits of it's too busy stuff it's too much going on yeah yeah I agree I don't like it it's not iconic in any way it's like the orange hand and then there's the green thing going across and there's a family in the background and then there's a it's too much going on it's too there's too much abstract going on yeah whereas Abacab was a nice abstract bold Mm. shapes and colour and Genesis Genesis was pretty colours yeah this is just like it's trying to be abstract but it's too busy yeah I don't, so, I don't. I don't like it as a cover. No, I had a T-shirt with the cover on. Did you? Um, yeah, I got that for Christmas the same year. I got the album, and I, I loved that T-shirt. But it's not a great album cover. No, no. probably one of their worst. To be fair. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you on that. It's, it's, it's not an iconic album cover. No. Although um, there is a guy on DeviantArt. Yes. Who does modernised versions of the I've album I've seen covers, some of these. They're excellent. And his, his version of the Invisible Touch cover is much much better. Hmm. So I'd recommend you go on there. Can't remember his name. Sorry, but if you go on DeviantArt and search for Genesis covers, I'm sure you'll find it. And they're well worth looking at. I might even try and find a link to it and stick it in the podcast description notes. That's a good idea. If I can be bothered. If or remember. If indeed he can. But that uh, does that wrap it up for this album. But right, anyway, trains pulling into the station. Yeah. Have you called the taxi? The taxi is waiting for us. Excellent. We will zoom off as soon as. Let's get going then. Okay. Well, it's finally good to be back at the pub. I thought that boat would be the death of us. Yeah. Quint certainly had issues. And... I never realised sardines could be so vicious. Hey, look at the pub. 
What are all those black cars doing parked in front of it? I think it's a security convoy of some kind. Maybe it's the workers come to refit the kitchen. In a security convoy? Could be. Do you know how much builders earn? Yeah, good point. Let's see what's going on. Come on, come on, come on! Let us through, chaps! Let us through, chaps! They're coming through now, sir. What's all this? Are you the builders? Not really. Right, mate. Where do you want this pope installing? Pipe. I think you mean pipe. We ordered a new gas pipe for the kitchen before we left. Not according to this order we received. Says here, Pope. Simon! What? Must be a spelling mistake. It should be a new pipe for the extra gas. No, definitely says here, Pope. We're shipping from Rome specially. I tell you nothing in nomine domine. Vi benedica il Signore e vi custodisca. Whoa, 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 whoa. Steady on your popeness. They haven't paid yet. Look, look, it was obviously a mistake made by my simple and illiterate friend here. Can't you take him back? Sorry, Squire, we don't know where your friend lives. No, not my friend, the Pope. Oh, right, no can do, Squire. Very special delivery. There's no returns on an item like this. Have you any idea how much the postage costs? Uh, actually, no. But I see you put holes in the box it came in. Holes in the... Special delivery, mate. Person to person. You don't box a Pope. Politician, maybe, not a Pope. It's disrespectful. Anyway, there can only be one Pope at a time. This one's already been replaced by a new one in Rome. Perhaps we can use him in another way. Hmm. Can't use him as a gas pipe. He's got too many holes. And we've already replaced the TV area. He says he can do a mean pizza. He's hired. But it's going to be minimum wage. He says it's a deal. That's great. Also on the good news front, Simon, I've hired a waitress to take orders at the tables. Really? Is she any good? Well, she's memorised the whole menu in seconds. Look, she's over there serving that table now. Morning. Morning. Well, what you got? Well, there's egg and bacon, egg, sausage and bacon, egg and spam, egg, bacon and spam, egg, bacon, sausage and spam, spam, bacon, sausage and spam, spam, egg, spam, spam, bacon and spam, spam, sausage, spam, 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 bacon, spam, tomato and spam, or lobster thermidor crevettes with the Bourdais sauce served in the Provencal manner with shallots and aubergines garnished with truffle pate, brandy and a fried egg on top and spam. You have been listening to a Revelation Station podcast. I don't think you really listen to these albums at all. <laughs> <laughs>